Our lives are moving a million miles a minute, yet we aim to not look disheveled, discombobulated, or disoriented. We present, we perform, we practice, we please, we promise, we pamper, yet we're often operating on empty. Wouldn't it be nice to live a life at rest at the feet of Jesus? Not needing to do or be all the things, but instead simply exist in where we are right now. Even just saying those words aloud sound freeing and relaxing. Resting at his feet? I can see him now sitting in my living room, me on my knees below him, learning, listening, gleaning. But life is going, and time is ticking, our kids are growing, our relationships are evolving, people need us. We are not a stagnant society. We don't know what rest means. So we're at battle with our fleshly desires and our innate need. How then do we remain in him when everywhere we turn tells us to do the opposite? How do we say yes to him when we live in a world of no's? Today's lovely guest is a Mary living in a Martha world. She would never deem herself as such, but as you listen to her story and hear her consistency, you too will understand why I am mesmerized by her ability to sit longer, to stay at his feet, and to say yes to him, even before she knows the question. May we all learn to be a little bit more like Mary, or in this situation, with this podcast, a little bit more like Meg. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there, wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamerlene Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 15 of the Fit and Faith podcast. I have a gem of a friend here today, and I'm so excited to just have this quality time with you, um, but also share kind of how we are sitting across from a table now. I didn't even count years, probably, gosh, 20 years, Mm -hmm. I think, later. That's so crazy. 20 years, that makes me sound so old. And we're not old. That's the crazy thing. Um, But we have known each other since high school. And Meg has, I explained as I was praying to God about the time, I just always have seen her as the Mary to my Martha. (laughs) And so if you don't know the biblical reference of Luke chapter 10, you have to dive into it. And if you know either of us, you'll fully represent one or the other, but I am in quite the season of desiring the Mary space, and Meg has always, always been that. Um, she was a youth leader to me before I even really comprehended who God was, 
what God was, what Christianity was. I was new to my faith as a freshman, and she was a junior at the time. And she has just always been this, like, peaceful, almost like mother-like experience that I've had with you, even though we're peers. (laughs) Um, And so watching you turn into a mom many years later was just such an amazing experience. thing to witness. And that I know has been a journey in and of itself. Um, so I'm just grateful to have you even still leading spaces that I'm going to through hot and holy and, um, churches and things that you are such a guidance in my life spiritually. Mm. And there's no better thing that I could call you than a sister. So I take it. I receive it. (laughs) Yes, we are definitely sisters. It's so sweet of the Lord to think about 20 years ago, how we ended up studying. Did we study Esther yes. in my car? Yes, Esther. For such a time as this. That's right. Yeah. So, it's so cool that yeah. God brought us together then. Never would have imagined we'd be no. sitting across now. And no. Because we really we didn't super keep in touch in college. You went off to Penn State for soccer. UPenn. UPenn mm-hmm. Excuse me. Well, that's a big difference <laughs> uh, for soccer. And then it seems like such a huge gap of change when somebody goes away from college and you're in high school and you're like, my friends all left me. And I had so many juniors who were juniors when I was a freshman that graduated. And I felt like, who am I? Where am I? And honestly, just to be transparent, I felt like I really lost my footing in the Lord when you all left because it was you, your now husband, <laughs> who was just a high school buddy at the time or a long-term high school buddy. Because tell, tell, how long have you known Scott? Since eighth grade. We met in eighth grade. We did not date that whole time. We dated briefly our senior year of high school. Then went our separate ways for college and reconnected two years after college. That's so cool. I've always just loved that love story. It's so fun because, you know, people say high school sweethearts, and that's not quite what you were, but the fact that your friendship was so entangled and so sweet for so long makes mm-hmm. your the foundation so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes some of the high school sweethearts that I know are married, it's like they didn't know any other experience of, of even that concept of falling in love. Mm-hmm. And so it's just... It, it, kind of has that what if question behind it and I don't feel like you and Scott and I don't know intimately but would have that because you truly knew like I'm going after I'm going after Mm -hmm. him and and he's going after me you know and the friendship was so genuine and he made it through the gatekeepers which were my brothers (laughs) because he was a friend for so long Scott says he snuck under the radar because they weren't expecting it because he was just a part of our family he was he's literally in one of our family photos for our Christmas photo shoot, <laughs> no much way. to my chagrin, because we were not dating at that point, and I was very much opposed. But my mom was always that's set on us hilarious. getting married. So. That's too funny. So she's like, "I knew it from the beginning." Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I have not the same situation because I, but I'm like kind of connected to Gary's family, my husband, because I was friends with his younger brother for seven years before I even knew Gary existed. So I'm like, "Wait a second, you have a brother?" <laughs> wait, he's good looking. And I'm like, wait, is Joey good looking? Did I miss something? I was so confused. And so it was really cool. Like when you had that first meet and greet experience with the family, I I had no like fear in that Mm -hmm. at all because I'm like, I've been friends with Joey for years. Like if I'm good, this is okay. Now the mother-in-law thing, you know how that's always a little fear based with two boys. Cause does Scott have a sister? He has a sister. Okay. So I, it's been an interesting navigation of mother-in-law and, and, 
with someone who has two boys, and you have two boys. Yes. So well, three Let's not at talk heart. About them getting, yeah. <laughs> three at heart, though. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting, like later down the road, how that is different. But um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience and and just overall where God has brought you from the beginning because you were raised in a Christian home, right? Mm-hmm. So share how your Mary, your Mary likeness has evolved. Well, I'm, I humbly, I'm very humbled by that description because I think it's something that I yearn to embrace mm-hmm. and pursue, but in this, obviously in this culture, that's really hard to do. And so, um, I'm honored and humbled by even that description. Sure. But yeah, I, I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church every well every Sunday that I wasn't playing soccer. Yeah. Uh, and in middle school, my mom started working at a local Episcopal church, Galilee, and so we switched there. She was the director of children's ministry for 12 years, and so not only did we attend church, we were helping, and but it was really fun. It was there was a vibrant youth ministry and great community uh, at church and in our high school, just an incredible group of friends. Yeah. It really was a fun group to learn and pursue Jesus together. Yeah. And then going to college, what, I felt a little bit more isolated. Mm-hmm. I went there for soccer and I had a great group of friends, but not as many believers in my close circle because I lived with and ate, slept, everything, yeah. did life with the, the soccer team. Yeah. So that felt a little more draining in the sense that I wasn't surrounded by believers all the time. I've had a great church in Philly. And then my spring semester studied abroad in Argentina. I was studying Spanish, and so they accepted credits from this one program in Argentina. I knew nothing about the country, but I figured I would go and ended up finding an incredible, uh, very charismatic church in Buenos Aires. And that became my family and community there. Got plugged in immediately to a small group. Didn't speak great Spanish. Sure. <laughs> They're very loving and welcoming. <laughs> they kind are. of intrigued so by who is this blonde gringa <laughs> that can't really speak, but is coming. It's so good. And I loved it. Also was playing soccer some there. And when I graduated from Penn, just wanted to move back to Argentina wow. however possible. And wow. so I found a job teaching fifth grade at a small Christian bilingual school in just outside the city. Yeah. Just so that I could be back in the city and be back, you know, at that church. I right. loved the church. And that was where I really got a taste of being alive in the Holy Spirit yeah. and gifts in the Spirit. Um, and, it, yeah, it was very charismatic, which was different from... I loved the church I grew up in, but sure. it was very different. Yeah. And so... I taught fifth grade for a year and was playing soccer and then transitioned to teaching English and did some translation work at that church. But consistently was pursuing the Lord. It was very much God's grace in my life, protecting me from, you know, bad decisions that could have drawn me out of the church or out of that community. Yeah. And thankfully just had, at the right time when I needed it, incredible friends who were excited about Jesus and made that intriguing to me. And once I got a taste of it, nothing else really satisfied. And so I thought for a while that I was going to live in Argentina forever. I applied to grad school there, was Mm -hmm. thinking, this is where I'm going to live. And then reconnected with Scott um, when we were just over email. We started, we had stayed friends and 
I could tell from his emails that he had grown up a little bit. And our conversation just had more substance, and he was interested in how my faith was growing. And so we reconnected. I came back for the summer, and it was it was immediately different with him. And I had prayed. I knew where he was. Mm-hmm. He had been very open with that he was still interested <laughs> yeah. if, if I were. And so I prayed to the Lord. I said, I, I want to guard his heart and my heart. I don't want to lead him on if this is not your will for us. And yeah. so really prayed about it. And it was, it was so clear when we came back face to face for that summer that there really was something there. Wow. And, it, and the Lord led us slowly down that path. And I was still living in Argentina, had a job there. Um, but God slowly started closing doors in Argentina wow. and drawing my heart back to the States, which there was a period of time where I never thought that would have happened. Right. So within about a two-week period, decided, okay, this is worth pursuing. I'll move back to the States and wow. had applied to law school. We got engaged. Three months later, got married and moved to Miami. Oh, so crazy. And then I came and visited in Miami, which was so cool (laughs) and so random. (laughs) Such a random treat. But I just remember the cobblestone roads Mm -hmm. and a really good outdoor dining experience. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Espanola way. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's the Argentinian roots. But it's funny because Gary's half Mexican, which a lot of people don't know because if you look at him, blonde hair, blue eyes. His grandma was blonde hair, blue eyes. So Spaniard. Mm -hmm. But grew up in Guadalajara, and um, his parents actually just retired to um, Mexico. So I don't know if you knew that. So they just moved down there mm-hmm. and are just living the the ola. La vida. Yeah, living <laughs> la vida loca, but really just traveling mm-hmm. and enjoying um, being around family because we have a ton of family there. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because I remember when I told him about you in Argentina, or Argentina, he was like, oh my gosh, does she speak Spanish? He always <laughs> wants to just know and like make that connection. Mm-hmm. So when you said gringa, he always talks to all of our Mexican helpers and they're all incredible. <laughs> and he's he just always wants to speak Spanish all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you ever are looking for a Spanish date, bueno. call my husband okay. <laughs> you're welcome that's a it's very fun we'll do a double date yes. Scott just says see si, si. yeah he says see si to everything even when the answer very much should not be yes he says, that's si. awesome that's awesome it's very much fun though he can't go to mexican restaurants at all because he's used to like authentic Mexican mm. food and so they're like he, they don't even have white sauce in Guadalajara they don't mm. even have this type of salsa they need mole not beans and so so many different things and then he just went and visited with um, my son and they went and all they want is American food so mm. grandpa wanted pizza and burgers and Gary's like you're killing me grandpa and he's like what I never yeah. had this so really funny <laughs> total tangent um, but I I love culture, and I love that you love culture. And so it'll be interesting as you and Scott like raise the babies to see how you bring that, that mm-hmm. love. And so much of it, and I think for me, that charismatic experience was when I went to Parkway, which is just in one city over. And it took that experience for me to really take my yearning for the Lord to a space that I never even knew possible. And so people often shy away from that concept of charismatic or um, uh, Pentecostal was the Mm -hmm. roots of the other church. And no, they're non-denominational. They're under the IPHC. And 
they, they're, they're confused, I think, more so, that, but fearful as well, like speaking in tongues and um, visions and prophet, prophetic word. Like, what does that mean and how does that affect me? And are they psychic or, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many, like, fine hairs. And it's not because the Bible it has put people astray. It's because denominations and man, mm-hmm. by way of denominations, has done that, um, which is really unfortunate and sad. But I think... Once you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, no matter what church you're in, no matter what denomination they're in, you want more. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that hot and holy, which is now a place that I feel like is another experience that I've had now in Virginia Beach, as well as with the session that I, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not just in this church. It's not just right. in this house. It's not just in Argentina in this space with mm-hmm. these people. Like God exists in everywhere if we just mm-hmm. give him the opportunity to show up. For the longest time, I had kind of resigned to the idea that that experience in Argentina was my individual kind of, you know, my foreign life, so to speak, that Scott or, you know, other friends wouldn't really be able to understand what that was like in that community. And then when the group of us started praying, which became Hot and Holy Prayer, and in, in an intimate and vulnerable setting where we were hungry and seeking the Lord, there was that freedom to explore God. We want more of you, whatever that looks like. And so we started to grow in that together and to then get a taste of that with, with our friends. And then with Scott as well in our marriage, it's just opened up something that in my narrow, in my narrow mindedness, didn't really think was possible that we'd be able to grow in this together. And, explore a new you know church community where that was practiced and encouraged the scriptural and theologically sound way of um, sure encouraging the active gifts of the spirit um and then also within our friends with hot and holy prayer where we are learning we are trying to study scripture around this study moves of the spirit not just um it's not just a feeling. It's right. not just an experience with the Lord. This is based in scripture. And right. so learning to discern what is yeah. what is scripturally sound and to explore that together of, yes, God really is speaking. Yeah. He is speaking all the time and wants to speak to all of us. And we can tap into that and hear him as we, it through disciplines, learn to silence a lot of the voices around us in the world, a lot of the distractions. And for you know, for different people, they're different things. Some yeah. people don't have an issue with social media or your phone. Yeah. But we've all, in this small group of friends, it's neat to be able to process together of, you know, I really am feeling convicted about, um, you know, Instagram. And sure. I just need to stay off of it for a little while. And to be able to encourage each other in that. And that's not the same struggle that we all have. Some, sure. I mean, with ice cream, you know. <laughs> sure, sure, of course. It's true. <laughs> So. You know, that's where it's like the mind, body, and soul. It's like the constant um, checking of mm-hmm. yourself and that, that component of discipline. And when I reference Martha and Mary, I'm not sure I did a great enough explanation of the fact that in the story, Jesus comes to their home. And mm-hmm. Martha and Mary are sisters, um, which I also reference, not realizing the connection until just now. Um, but Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was just anxious for his word and anxious for his teaching and anxious for his affection and attention. And Martha, 
being a hostess, and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. She was readying the home and making sure everything was clean and preparing the meal and um, getting everything comfortable so that he would be comfortable. And I imagine myself like that because I'm often on the run. And she, she says to Jesus, like, um, you know, Jesus, why isn't Mary helping me? Like, don't you think she should get up off the floor and like help because you're here and, and we need, we need to put on a show for you basically. And he says, no, like I, and this is all in layman's terms, obviously, but no, like I would much rather you come just be with me than, than present to me or than put on for me. I just want you. I don't need your fine dishware or mm-hmm. linens or any of the above. Just come and rest. And um, I remember sitting in the small group circles with you um, in high school, whether we were at Young Life Camp, whether it was in somebody's living room, um, at 5 a.m. We would wake up. These people, This is crazy. High schoolers. We would wake up at 5 a.m. to go study the word in scripture before mm-hmm. we would go to school. And you would people would think, what in the world are these crazy? Mm-hmm crazy kids doing. And my parents were really confused because I wasn't really raised, not, not in a Christian home, but just not in a church going home. Um, and we said prayers at night and that was pretty much Mm -hmm. the gist of just be a good person was kind of how I, I presumed my childhood. And so I, I just remember those times of rest. And I remember then walking into my season of really crazy chaos in, in college and feeling I was just a number. I was trying to perform. I was trying to achieve again because I didn't, I was just lost. I didn't have that footing. Um, I actually tried to go to like campus crusades and try to get involved with Young Life, but I had kind of been burned in Young Life at at the end of my high school experience. And it's not their fault. It was just a man reaction to a broken child. Um, But it was on my own terms as well. And so I just never felt like, I fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the part of, of Martha kind of running around and feeling like she needed to do things for people in order to feel loved in response where God calls us to just be who you are, be who I've called you to be and rest Mm -hmm. in that. And you can come meet me no matter where you are. And to know, um, that it doesn't, it's not a, about everybody else. It's about where you are and your placement in that discipline mm-hmm. um, that God sees and God hears and God speaks to and God comforts and God provides. Um, so I'm just, I'm really, just really grateful. I even just sitting here still, I'm like, I'm just, this is so cool just yeah. to have this, this dedicated time. And, you know, we've had, you know, coffee and lunch and stuff together, but I just really wanted people to, sense you. I don't know. That's a weird way to say that, but I was just like ready for somebody to understand the authenticity of being able to walk in God's calling from an early age. Um, I am an aunt to many babies and, um, a mom obviously as well, but I carry that aunt and God mama role to a lot of kids And I am always so fearful of what society has, I feel, locked in, um, in so many different facets, Uh, sexual sin being one of the big ones and social media being a cause of a lot of that. And I hear stories that I see portions of my own testimony interwoven into, and I'm 
grateful at the sense that I'm like, holy cow, I'm so glad that people didn't have access to me that way and I didn't have access in that way. Mm -hmm. But even in the limited dial-up internet, it still got a hold of me. And I am so fearful and have to release at the feet of Jesus what what I feel like entangles so many. Mm -hmm. And um, my nieces, I I don't really have interaction with right now for a multitude of different reasons. And it scares the heck out of me because I feel this weight of needing to be that light to them, needing to be that example. And not to say that their home isn't a light already, um, but I just feel like when you are comfortable and confident in who God says you are, um, that exudes to all of the outlying and you've had that for mm. forever. And I just, uh, I want to like infiltrate it and like <laughs> feed it in, in the abundance of ice cream to, to all of those babies. Um, so to teach me, teach me as being a young kid, a young child, a high school or a college student. And even now, how do you remain obedient and, and just at his feet when there's so much brokenness? Well, the good news and the bad news is I feel like it wasn't anything. In the beginning, it wasn't as much what I did. I, there were people praying for me, and I have praying parents and praying aunts and uncles, uh, and we were in a community where others were praying for us as well. And my parents did what they could do. I have two brothers, and we all took different paths yeah. in terms of exploring the Lord and mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. spirituality. Um, but prayer is the first, the foremost, and most powerful tool and weapon we have yeah. in our own lives and for those that we have the privilege to cover in prayer and to pray yeah. for and to not approach in fear because that yeah. fear, being scared of possible outcomes is never from the Lord, yeah. but to approach um, with the power and the freedom that we have in the Holy Spirit. And you, I think, in a, in a role as a mother or godmother as an mm-hmm. aunt, it's so hard not to be paralyzed by that fear of yeah. how do I stop bad things from happening, yeah. um, but to rather approach that we have the, the most powerful God on our side who is victorious and we are covering these people that we love in prayer and know that God loves them and sees them too. And so to not approach from fear, but a, but from a place of victory. Because yeah. our enemy is the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, steal, and rob us of the yeah. joy yeah. And rather than approach from a place of victory and even of technology. So instead yeah. of being afraid of, oh gosh, what's going to happen from social media, but saying, yeah. praying, I pray that through their life, that others get to experience the Lord through the social media, any tool that the enemy wants to use yeah. to destroy, God will use to, for good and and to be glorified. And so I, I know I've been covered in prayer, um, and it's neat. Even I, I moved away from Virginia Beach for 10 years and coming back, getting to um, worship and pray with my mom and at Hot and Holy yes. Prayer, um, even her and her friends, that generation being able to come in and experience in a multi-generational, multi-church gathering where they can come and just be fed 
uh, has been so life-giving for them from what they've said. But it's also just neat to see um, the community that's poured into us and the community that is here. So I feel like that's been a unique covering in my life. Um, And then as I've I I just, it really is God's grace. I've had plenty of opportunities in high school and college to make terrible decisions. And I can look back and see where even with a, uh, a begrudging heart Mm -hmm. made decisions that I knew I should make to obey the Lord. We're choosing between the two things. I want to do this, but I know enough about the Bible that I should honor my dad and do this, or I know enough about, so having some scriptural foundation, and I think all of it is, it's also about personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. It goes, I mean, goes both ways. I also want to please people. Yeah, and, sure, sure. And worried about how people perceive me. Yeah. Which, in in a good way, has kept me from, from making decisions where sure. I didn't want to be, you know, ashamed sure. or embarrassed. Sure. So it cuts both ways that yeah. I feel like that part of my personality has also protected me. Yeah. But that's been something I've had to pray through and break free from as well to not uh, not make decisions based on what other people want or think I should do totally. to resist that Martha. There are a lot of good things I could be doing, yeah. but I have to focus on the Lord and sit yeah. before his feet. Yeah. And so even to draw that comparison with Mary and Martha is so neat with hot and holy prayer developing because that has been our vision and our goal. If there's one story snippet scripture that summarizes the heart behind it is that it is a merry gathering. Multiple people have said that. My aunt visited from West Virginia and visited and um, she said that that's what it was. It's a merry gathering and so many ministry Events, in particular, women's ministry events, yeah. um, are very much Martha yeah. in spirit. Of these are good things of wanting to serve people and do a lot and yeah. get things done, but ultimately, if you are not filled at the feet of Jesus, yeah, um, yeah. you'll burn out. Yeah, oh yeah, you'll burn out. And so, it is so hard to just pause yeah. before the Lord. And one scripture God has spoken to me about. Um, women making that sacrifice to come is it from Second Samuel when King David at the end of his reign wanted to give an offering to the Lord and mm-hmm. someone offered him for free to use this altar and he said no I'm going to pay for it mm-hmm. um, to make this offering cost something to give yeah. to the Lord and I was praying through that of Lord how do we how do we earn this how do we pay you know how yeah. do we pour out to earn this you know bring a sacrifice that costs us something. He said, all you do is come and your time is that, that what you have paid and what I will um, work through and bring a harvest from. Are you ready for the Women's Wellness Weekend? A time for us to come together to align our mind, body, and soul, to detox, design, and develop ourselves from the inside out. Your road to life-changing health and wellness begins during the Oceanside two-night, three-day experience. We'll use our natural surroundings to rebalance and reconnect with our true self. It's time for us to come together in a space where we can rest, refuel, and rejuvenate. Hope to see you there. I mean, already, and it's only been 
what, 18, maybe like 20 months now? Yeah. Yeah. October will two years. Yeah, that's crazy. It seems like yesterday that I, I was just sitting in that room with 30 people. Um, and probably for you that you were sitting there with the seven of you guys. But uh, I was curious for that. And I do want to touch a little bit more on Hot and Holy. But during the time of you coming back from Argentina, getting married to Scott, you had family you started a family basically before hot and holy gathering with just the seven of you girls what did you experience during that time like footing getting footing and being married and mm. four months of like what was six months of like dating married like that's a short period of time of going from living your life just for yourself to now living your life in tandem and for someone else so i recently had a neat chance to reflect on the timing of all of this because uh, this year I shared in March uh-huh. at Hot and Holy, um, our first son, we had a son in 2014, Jack, you know, uh, who passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was right around that time that a lot of uh, the, the, ga- the three of us then to seven started oh, to okay. pray. So we didn't start to pray until after I had moved back. Mm-hmm. I had been working full time. Um, we had been married about five years and we found out we were pregnant and we're so excited found out it was a boy and then shortly after the 20-week ultrasound found out that our son had a rare chromosomal disorder mm-hmm. and that it's a disorder termed incompatible with life and it was recommended multiple times that we consider aborting the pregnancy which we did not do and I carried Jack full term and he was born and um, lived for two days and so we got two full days with him in the hospital which was a gift from the Lord and in that grieving process was when I really started to well I I was completely helpless before Mm -hmm. the Lord I I, in that immense grief Mm -hmm. could not even come before the Lord in prayer could yeah. not do even the most basic yeah. life. life. They skip yeah. brush your teeth. Getting, yeah. Right, taking a shower yeah, yeah, and yeah. that stuff. And in that time, our community really circled around us and carried us. And um, a few months after Jack passed away was when a group of us hung out to watch um, this women's conference called the If Gathering, mm-hmm. a live stream of it. And afterwards, three of us decided to stay and pray. Yeah. And they were two of my best friends, and so they had been walking through this season of grief with me. And we had been talking about even gifts of the Spirit and praying in tongues. And so we just sat and and decided to pray. We huddled up on a couch and hugged and prayed, and it was the most powerful time of prayer. They entered in with me and had entered in with me in that season of grief, but the way the Lord revealed himself in that prayer time has forever changed us. And that was what led into us deciding we want more of this and we want to experience, you know, the Lord in prayer together. But in that one prayer time, the heavens opened up and one of my friends had a vision of heaven, a vision of Jesus. And Jack was sitting on Jesus' lap (laughs) and Mm. she was overcome. Obviously I was, I felt, just overwhelmed that she would, that God would give her that vision of not only is your son with me in heaven, he is with me yeah. in heaven on yeah. my lap. And then the other friend um, was just overwhelmed, got 
basically this download of how much the Lord loved me mm-hmm. just brought her to tears. And that, that was the first of many times I, I call her my personal like prayer connection to the Lord because when she prays for me, it's this, it's this neat friendship where she, she is overwhelmed with realizing how much the Lord loves me. And so she was able to try and communicate that to me. And so we were just sitting on a couch praying and God showed up and showed up so personally, so intimately um, because we were vulnerable together and because they had entered into that season with me. And that was what started it all. We, we were just blown away. We were speechless. We did not know even what, how to describe what happened. But we said, let's do this again. Let's show up. And so we invited some friends, and it became seven of us who prayed together every other week for two and a half years. And it wasn't, it wasn't always easy. I mean, there's, there are life, life gets in the way of yeah, absolutely. sickness and moving and all this other stuff. We had to fight for that time, yeah, and absolutely. we had to make it a priority and even hold each other accountable. And there were weeks where it was hard for every one of us to get there. Yeah. But we were consistent with it because we were we were seeing a yeah. new dimension of the Lord yeah. and experiencing the Holy Spirit together. And it was there was a freedom because there was that vulnerability of yeah. you're not crazy. Yeah. We're, we're doing this together. We could, you know, go out on a limb of I think I'm seeing this. I think I'm hearing this. Yeah. I, I feel this. Is this normal or yeah. is, this, yeah. is this totally way off? And we were able almost to practice with each other yes. of, am I really hearing from the Lord? Is this how he's really speaking to yeah. me? And we got to see, we got to confirm with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, not only yes, you're hearing from the Lord, but yes, he is that good. And his heart really is for you completely and yeah. loves you that much. And we were blown away. Yeah. And we we had a text chain together. And at one point, it was we named it "Hot and Holy," um, <laughs> not describing us. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Not describe us. <laughs> the it fire of the Lord. Yes, the room yes. would get physically hot. Wow. We would be sweating. Um, wow. We just felt the the heat, the presence of the Lord in heat. Yeah. And from the beginning, God's holiness has always been impressed impressed upon us and the pursuit of consecration and consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow. I will do incredible things. And so that's been kind of a refrain of ours from Joshua and to be excited about consecration, which is so countercultural and not something we would ever plan or think of. Yeah. And then eventually started to sense that this is cool, but it's not just for us. Right. And there are women all over the place that are hungry for more of the Lord. And God wants to be this real with everyone. And so it was a little uncomfortable to think about and pray through because it had been such an intimate, vulnerable space. Right, right. Like, I can't. How do we yeah. Even, yeah, how do we even so, do this? But eventually God confirmed it with all of us, and yeah. we decided to invite a few people. We didn't know the first time it would just be the seven of us plus... Yeah. Paige, who was leading worship. <laughs> yes, she's amazing. <laughs> but from word of mouth, it just grew. There yeah. were 30 women, and then we've had, you know, over 180 yeah. coming. We outgrew Christina's house and then met at the Holiday Inn. And, yeah. And it's always been something. It's not about any individual right. leading it. It's right. something we really hold with open hands That right. to the point of month by month, we're, we are okay if God 
puts us points us in a totally different direction of yeah. you know changing the way we gather the way we meet or the so it's it's hard for someone who is a planner <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to actively resist the, the Martha tendency in that way yeah. of, I want to serve in the way I know I can control. Right. I can control that. Right. Um, I can't always control what God's going to call us into. Sure. And so to say the yes before we know what he's asked us to oh, do so good. is uh, it's a new place and it's, it's challenging, but it's invigorating. Yeah. It is so never boring. It's... Every single month we gather, it has looked differently than the month before. Yeah. Um, but he has shown up every single time. Yeah. It's really, it's such a powerful place. And I get so excited just to invite new people. Mm-hmm. Last um, gathering, there was, I think, five new girls that... Um, had come not necessarily with me, but I knew that we're all brand new. And just to see the, the, I was going to say the fever. It's like, it's like that, it's that hot component of hot and just to see that fire like within them after and that yearn for, oh my gosh, like when is the next one? How do I, how do I get here? How am I invited? Where's the email list? Like that they want a piece and it's not a piece of hot and holy. It's a piece of Jesus, Mm -hmm. like a literal piece of Jesus. And so we were talking prior to about how we just feel like there's this revival, like surge in our area mm-hmm. and that Virginia beach. And we always say, you guys always say that, um, the fertile soil, like our ground is fertile and we're allowing God to do what he would, when he would to plant and then to harvest at this very time. And so I am just so expectant for everything that you guys have poured into prayed over, continued to be obedient in knowing that, you know, Christina opening her home and that mm-hmm. experience is one of a kind and and there's something about that that space will always have that um that much peace like Mm -hmm. forever so we started a a church plan out of our own home uh, about around the same time Mm -hmm. actually it was october and so um it was crazy that it was very synonymous and and i when you invited me to come that night i was like this is really interesting (laughs) i'm gonna go and i was just at that point literally anything again say Mm -hmm. yes before he asked i was just yes 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 you asked me the night before i think maybe not even 24 hours (laughs) and i was like yes yes let's go and so to experience that same um opportunity within my home and you I I remember the first time people came into my home and I'd love to talk to Christina about this is just I was a sobbing, mm. weeping mess because my home wasn't always a place of solitude and serene and, and safe and um, wasn't always God. Mm. And so to have what now had I had seen God stirring for so long, now to invite other people in to experience and witness Jesus in the place that you sleep and mm-hmm. and, and chose to, to walk other paths at some point in your life, I was just an utter mess. I mean, I couldn't even fumble together <laughs> words and I love words. So to, to then, you know, continue that out. Now we've moved out of that home, which was a really emotional mm-hmm. thing for me to do. Um, but our pastors now live in that home. Oh. And so we still have the same church mm-hmm. there on Sunday nights. And it's incredible when I walk in there, it looks different. The walls are different colors. The furniture's in a different space, but she just told me today when she was painting doors a new color she's like I hope we don't have to leave here for a very long time I have not felt this much peace in a home in years 
And so I know based on the prayer and I know all of the prayer that has happened on the land and in the home Mm -hmm. of that house and in just our region, just to think that those prayers, it's not necessarily that specific pin geographical Mm -hmm. landmark. It is this entire region is being prayed over. Our nation's capital and all of our leaders are being prayed over on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And you guys have made way, though that happens on a consistent basis on in Sunday church there's something to be said about it looking like heaven mm-hmm. because, and we're really going to make it look like heaven on Monday, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. And I'll let you share. Um, but yeah, just to have all those different genders um, come together, but the ethnicities, the age, the cultures, the, mm-hmm. all of that in one place, I just feel breeze the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's been incredible and I'm so excited to see where it goes and, how it continues to evolve, knowing mm-hmm. that it's a God-led thing, no matter what you guys it do. It totally is God-led, because it really isn't something that any of us would have planned. We, When we started meeting, we all had, I mean, careers outside of the home and young kids, and we never would have taken this on at that stage in life. And God has shifted some of us. The timing is crazy and it's too much even to go into now of like how each of us were kind of walked back into a season of not working as much outside the home, drawn back into our home, but we all still have young kids. Sure. Life is busy. Yeah, a lot of you guys are pregnant, having yeah. babies in this time. It's so amazing. Babies. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the generation. Is yes. These babies are birthed, raised in the spirit. They will yeah. never know a home that is not bathed in the is spirit. Is that not the most mm-hmm. amazing thing? And the words, yeah, there have been words spoken that this move is not just for the women, obviously, because sure. now there's already a co-ed gathering, but sure. it is for the children and our yes. homes are being renewed and transformed and that is revival starts in the home and so as these families are transformed Mm -hmm. that's what the the family unit is what the community is composed of what the city is composed of and so that's um, good we've always been excited about the the men being involved and the children and so we start, and one cool thing that we have done is in the past four years, we've several of us have moved, yeah. and we always take time to pray in the home before we moved in, and we'll go in and bless the home. And it's yeah, it's not about a specific set of walls, but it yeah. is blessing and dedicating those walls yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. But the revival, the those words have been spoken, and yeah. as many different churches come together for this gathering on Monday. It is the same language. God has put the same visions and words in different people's mouths, completely disconnected in the sense of like not the same church, not the same spheres. People are having these same words and visions from the Lord about revival in this area. And it's not just Virginia Beach, but Mm -hmm. a greater region. And so it is so exciting to be a part of that. This this is not something we planned, not something we could have forced in any way. Just the way it's grown word of mouth and women are encountering God and we get to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, it's really crazy and it's really, um, uh, three, so three years ago prior to my doing, um, ordination, like for what the 
program that I just finished. I felt a yes while David Fritch was speaking at our church, and he does burn 24-7. Have I told you a little bit about it? So it was a year-long program, and it was all around worship, and uh, mainly worship leaders or people who are a part of worship teams. And I do not sing. I think I might have let something out in a podcast recently. I apologize in hindsight after hearing that back. Um, But I just have a passion for music. I love music. I love to write. So whether that's a song eventually, who knows? But I just... I love it. It's in our home nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, our children are always, I, we always call Cooper our little worship pastor because he's just <laughs> blaring music, already speaking in tongues. We say that too because he'll just come up with his own thing. And I'm like, yes, boy, go for it. Um, but I remember studying all about the different revivals. And it was a whole segment, a whole month that we got to read different books around revival. And it, I didn't really comprehend it. And one of the books was about the Azusa Street Revival. And I remember him specifically praying over the words, God bend me. God mold me, but bend was the word he was using. And it, I just kept thinking of like a willow tree, which I absolutely love willow trees. And it then just brought me as you were talking about how Christina's home has all the trees next Mm -hmm. to the water. And it when somebody asks you to be bent, you never expect it to break. Mm-hmm. There's the strength and the, the, you know, if I can, if you, I say bend this, you're trusting that mm-hmm. it's not going to break because you're going to give it back mm-hmm. to me. And so I just continued since that day, I've just continued to pray that because I loved the visual of it, but I loved that. I believe God is asking all of us to do that, to, mm-hmm. to be bent to be knelt before him mm-hmm. and to know that it's not to be broken. It's to be whole and to be mm-hmm. healed and to be okay with being on your knees. And that, you know, kind of just circles back full picture to that concept and desire of both of our hearts on a consistent basis. If we can all learn as a society to just be okay with being bent mm-hmm. and know that it's not to be broken, it's to be mended mm-hmm. um but we're so clinch fist and like if we just open our hands and allow our lives to be used by god he will direct you it's promised in the bible he mm-hmm. also isn't gonna let it it's not a straight and narrow path mm-hmm. and so to be bent you have to be willing to maneuver mm-hmm. this way and that way and know and trust that he's got you and he's not gonna that's not his will that's not his heart that's not his ever plan to be broken mm-hmm. um so i know that there's people on the receiving end who probably feel broken right now and there's mm-hmm. a multitude of reasons that that could be i feel like there are areas of my own heart that are currently Currently broken, um, but I know that that's not God's heart for our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so, I would love for you to just kind of lead us in a prayer. Lead us mm-hmm. with where you see um, God's spirit right now, mm-hmm. um, where you see the vision of of our city and the heart for um, hot and holy. And just as you transition in your own life, what does that look like? So, mm-hmm. I know we're in the soil is fertile. Yes. And so I and just that's what I what came to mind is pray into that. Psalm 126. I got to teach at a women's retreat on sowing in tears, yeah. and mm-hmm. well, first with the bending, what comes to mind is all will bow at the feet of the Lord, oh, and yes. how much more pleasant to willingly bow than to be yeah. broken and bent, yeah. forcefully bent before Him, yeah. and um, 
we are not promised an easy, burdenless mm-hmm. life, but yeah. that the burden with Jesus is light. And when we yeah. invest those tears before him, mm-hmm. um, he promises in Psalm 126, it talks about those who sow in tears, reap mm-hmm. with songs of joy, mm-hmm. a harvest full of joy. And that it's not that we won't have tears, yeah. but what it's what we do in those seasons of regardless of what brokenness we feel or we are facing and very real brokenness. But what do we do with it? We turn to the Lord. And even when today I was listening to another podcast and he gave statistics of their currently 750,000 podcasts and some 30 million episodes. And so if whoever is listening now to know that, there is purpose in that, mm-hmm. that God sees you now, that of 30 million podcast so episodes, cool. whoever is tuning into this, the numbers show that there's reason, there is a purpose in that, that God is intentional. And um, so I want to pray. That's so good. I'll pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that you see us and you hear us that you are real, you are moving and you are speaking. And all we have to do is call on your name. So together we call on the name of Jesus. We say, Jesus, we are ready, we are willing. We sit before you, we sit at your feet. And at times we don't even know what else to do, but we sit at your feet to see you and to hear from you, to pour out our tears at your feet. But you promise those who sow in tears, those who continue to seek you, even in and through seasons of tears, to sow the tears themselves as ointment on your feet, to wash your feet, that we will reap in songs of joy, that we will come home and see your face. You promise joy and joy abundant, overflowing, and that is a fruit of the Spirit as well. So we ask for a filling to be filled with your Spirit and to experience your joy like never before because we trust that you are good. Mm -hmm. Through grief, through brokenness, you are good. And your promises are yes and amen, and you will be true to your promises because you would... Do not lie, and your promises will come true, and you will be glorified. You can't help but be glorified because that's who you are, God. So we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. I know people are going to be so blessed by it, and selfishly, I know I was. (laughs) It's okay, regardless who listens. So thank you. I love you guys so much. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see where our friendship continues to grow Mm -hmm. 20 years down the road. Our sisterhood. Yeah, there you go. Our (laughs) sisterhood. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, y'all. I hope in today's episode, you sense an ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and Faith Podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. 
I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.